in 10th grade, in my 10th grade physics class, and I sat in a classroom just like any other kid. And, like, you know, the teacher was saying that he forgot his computer um, in, in another room. So I was like, okay, I can go get it for you. And he was like, oh, wow, look at Duha being nice today. And I was like um anyway like I don't have to be nice you know what I mean <laughs> I mean I was like no wait never mind sorry I was like no um I'm practicing being respectful you know just playing along with whatever he said um and then he was like oh I thought you were practicing how to pick locks and I was like what I like I don't need to practice that like what the hell does that have to do with anything and then he was like because you are a terrorist and I was like Welcome to the Gen Z Experience, a podcast series branching off of Gen Z Girls, an organization focused on creating safe spaces for women through the means of storytelling and education. We are your hosts, Akila Boda and Layla Hussein. Together, we will explore the celebrations and hardships that Generation Z faces by speaking with incredible people who are tackling a plethora of social, economic, and political issues. For me personally, I was very shocked, but also not shocked at the same time to hear your story. Because for myself, like a Muslim, um, I, I kind of went through a similar experience um, in middle school, where this kid, like, I was wearing my hijab for one day in Ramadan, and it was actually one of the first times I ever wore my hijab. And one kid in my middle school, like, he was shocked to see me wear that. And then he called me, like, ISIS's daughter or the daughter of a terrorist organization. And ever since then, like, I never really wore a hijab. And seeing you, like, share your story and confront your school faculty, that is bravery, intense bravery. As we progress into the 21st century, marginalized communities continue to be discriminated against for who they are. With nearly 1% of the U.S. population being Muslim, Muslim teens often find themselves having trouble fitting in with one identity, as in the fact for many people of color. In fact, many Muslims are stereotyped as quote-unquote terrorists due to the larger actions of a very minuscule population. Islamophobia refers to the prejudiced notion towards the Islamic population. Today, we will be looking at this topic more in depth, discuss how Islamic teens have been affected by this issue post 9-11, and provide advice for how you can speak up. To understand what Muslim teens are facing in the United States, we are joined by a very special guest, Duha Holi, a junior at LaGuardia High School. So to start us off, paint the picture for us. Kind of give us your life story on where you grew up. Did you grow up in a place where your culture was celebrated by others? Um, so basically, I was born here. Um, I was born and raised in um, Queens, New York. And basically in Queens, there is a kind of like stable-ish community filled with like Muslims like of all kind but I specifically grew up around a community with Arabs like all types of Arabs um and Egyptians too because I'm Egyptian um so basically like Islam has been a significant part of my life ever since I was like 
ever since I came out of the womb. <laughs> um, it's like, it's very, I don't know, it's just something that I was raised by since I was like a baby, like, you know, um, I mean, I saw my, like, my mom wears the hijab, like, almost every woman in my life, like, older woman mm-hmm. wears a hijab, so I was like, oh, shit, I'm gonna have to wear that in the future, but, like, it's not, like, something that I was, like, scared of, it was, like, kind of, like, oh, my God, this is so exciting, like, this is so fun, mm-hmm. like, because I get to color coordinate, and I get to, like, you know, I thought, I thought of it as, like, some fashion thing as a little girl and then eventually I grew up I was like yeah no I want to wear it because it's like important to me I guess right when I was in the sixth seventh grade um yeah I've grew up in mosques going to Arabic school once a week going to Ramadan at the mosque every night praying with my family um, but I didn't pray. I was like, <laughs> I can't lie to you. I was I was the kid in the corner who would always like just not do anything and just be like fooling around. <laughs> but it was but I also found I found a lot of good friends there that I could because that I could like actually relate to, like on both levels. Um, like, you know, American level and Muslim Arab level, you know which is very rare here because, you know, just one side of myself was completely alienated at all times in public schools. Um, You know, you try to like say something and they'd be like, oh yes, but they don't understand, (laughs) you know? So it was kind of awkward. Um, What else, what else did I do? Oh, I did a lot of Quran competitions. Like, man, I was a serious competitor (laughs) I was a serious competitor. Like, I memorized and I was, like, you know, about to, like, do things and, like, enter, like, tri-state competitions and stuff. And then somehow everything just stopped. I don't know why. But you know what's so funny, though, is that when I tell people this, when I tell people that I was a serious Quran competition person, like, I would memorize Quran and go into competitions... Bro, all these white boys would just laugh in my face. And this is the stuff that needs to, like, stop, you know? Because it's, like... Definitely. Because it's, like, with with our... With religion, there's the stigma now, you know? Because, like, there's the stigma because not a lot of people understand and not a lot of people dedicate their lives to it. So mm-hmm. then... With the stigma, disrespect comes in easily like a snake, you know? And it's just, like, yeah. keep your opinions and your 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 personal thoughts about religion to yourself. Especially, especially if you're talking to somebody who wears the hijab. Like, come on, like, yo, this isn't some hat, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it's a symbol of my faith. So it just doesn't make sense when somebody, like, laughs or, like, just says weird things to you about how they think religion is totally invalid and then you're just standing there you know what I mean Mm -hmm. definitely yeah yeah and you know going off of that like would you say there was an incident where you felt ashamed for having to wear a hijab because I know you mentioned that you were one of the only hijabis in your grade at school so what kind of battles have you had to face in terms of your physical appearance oh bro (sighs) ever since I wore it ever since I wore the hijab somehow my life took like a different 
track because I was everybody knew I was like Arab you know some people knew I was Muslim when I was in school whatever and it was like a normal like thing you know and then suddenly when I wore the hijab people had people switched up on me I was like bro what like I walked into school the first day like really confident in middle school in the seventh grade and people were like oh this is new like why are you wearing this you know like because I was in in a community where there was quite some diversity but there was also a lot of racism (laughs) because racism was extremely normalized within my middle school um what was I gonna say oh yeah so yeah the bullying just started from there the whole terrorist comment like the terrorist comments the ISIS comparisons the do you have hair under there are you bald and then they start talking about just you know just these terrible 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 stereotypes and comparisons and jokes quote-unquote and eventually I didn't know how to deal with that because I didn't want to start fights every second so eventually I conformed to it which is terrible it's terrible but this is what happens sometimes you start conforming to the jokes and then you start making them about yourself and then you start viewing yourself as worthless or like you start like seeing this certain side of yourself as like a not valuable side because of the way your community thinks about you at school you know what I mean which sucks by the way so yeah right and you know on your instagram that was when you took a chance to finally you know post a video speaking about your experiences as a muslim american that actually received many views from people like around the world and you know popular instagram accounts so can you walk us through your story and give a synopsis of the feelings you were going through when you decided to finally speak out oh yeah so basically the background story is that um I was in 10th grade in my 10th grade physics class and I sat in a classroom just like any other kid and like you know the teacher was saying that he forgot his computer um in in another room so I was like okay I can go get it for you and he was like oh wow look at Duha being nice today and I was like um anyway like I don't have to be nice you know what I mean (laughs) I mean I was like no wait never mind sorry I was like no um I'm practicing being respectful you know just playing along with whatever he said um and then he was like oh I thought you were practicing how to pick locks and I was like what I like I don't need to practice that like what the hell does that have to do with anything and then he was like because you are a terrorist and I was like oh Oh my god I like And he thought it was, like, the most hilarious, funniest thing in the world. And he was just waiting for, like, a a laughter, you know, like, this roar within the classroom. So I knew that's, that's, that's what he wanted, you know, that's why he said it. But at the same time, that intention just, like, tripped me up because I was like, should I be mad or should I not be mad? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then also I looked around me and like just kids were like staring at me and they were like, yo, what the hell? And I was like, oh, so then I just decided to laugh because at the same time I wanted to scream. I wanted to be like, who the hell do you think you are for calling me that? Like, no, you don't call people that. But I just laughed because um, I'm weak. I can't lie. Um, 
Like I, I was just too afraid to actually stand up for myself because I thought if I did, it would be taken against me if I tried to report it. You know what I mean? They'd be like, well, she's angry. Like she yelled at the teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So that's also another issue. Like, bro, when you face these things, your, your reactions should be validated at all costs, you know, unless you're like, you know, being violent, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's also, like, I don't like the idea of it being called, like, a microaggression. Like, no. Bro, this shit, this stuff's, like, a festering sore. So, obviously, you know, people the next day, they came up to me. They were like, yo, did he actually call you a terrorist? And I was like, ha, 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 yeah, he did. And then after that, like, I, then after that, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's terrible. And then they left. And then I just feel like a clown. Like, yo, what did you get out of that? Like, like, what did you get out of that? So it was treated like a gossip thing. Some people told me to report it, but I was also too scared. Um, when I told my guidance counselor, I told her the same day because I was doing like an academic follow-up with her. And she was like, I think you should write a statement about this. And I was like, but I'm not ready to write a statement. Like, what even am I going to get out of writing a statement? You know what I mean? I was still processing and thinking. So just, you know, when you say these things, they're like, oh my God, that's so terrible. That's horrible. You need to write a statement. And it's like, is there anything like, I don't even know. They don't like, it's just the idea of writing statements. I've done that way too many times in my life and in New York City middle schools. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this again. You know, because it's just, mm-hmm. it's not efficient. Um, well, it is, but also just doesn't make me feel good. I I tried to write about it for like a long time. I tried to write about it for an entire year. And originally when I was going to come out about this issue, I was planning to write something. But every time I would sit in front of a computer, I my br- my brain would just stop working. So that was, that's something that's very weird. Um, what else? Yeah. Eventually, the, the situation blew over. And then I found myself hitting the one-year mark of when Dr. Chen called me a terrorist. So I was like, and nothing still happened. And I reported it to the DOE. I filed complaints. I did everything that's like, you know, the logical steps. And nothing happened. They kept me in that classroom. I would have panic attacks in that classroom. So I begged them to, like, remove me. And when I when they did attempt to remove me, quote-unquote, they tried to switch up my entire schedule. New teachers, new everything, new classrooms. And this was in March, by the way. And then COVID hit, thank God. I mean, not thank God, but the same time. When COVID hit, they were like, okay, yeah, we can switch you into this online class. That happened at the same time. So you don't, they don't, they didn't have to switch my schedule. Um, yeah, but that was still weird. I don't know. Um, then, yeah, when the one year mark hit for when he called me a terrorist, I was like, yeah, nothing happened. The only thing that they did was like switch me out of a class because online classes started working. So, I need to, like, speak up for myself. Otherwise, I will hate myself to the day that I die. Because it's just not, you know, you know, I had I had panic attacks. I cried. I just did not feel good about myself. I started to hate my identity, by the way. Like, bro, I started to have, like, internalized Islamophobia for some reason. 
it's just like a series of events and at the, and then at one point I was like no like it's not fair because I don't see other people talking about this have you guys seen anybody talk about this because I would gladly love to watch or read something but no we don't see anything like this so that's why I decided to speak up through video because I couldn't write yeah my brain just stopped working so yeah well thank you for sharing that I mean you know that's shocking that even after a year nothing has happened in your school and you know you tried to take action but people just turned you away and I think that's where the change needs to happen you know just starting in school administrations um I, I'm just honestly so sorry for you like that you had to go through all of that and especially face it alone um you shouldn't even have had to go through those like yeah. panic attacks like I feel like at that point the school should have done something for you but the fact that they didn't is crazy like beyond crazy um and, you know, after posting your video on Instagram, we saw many people reach out in support of you, which is awesome. So has any action been taken since then? Like, have any people been able to help you directly? Um, yes, my caseworkers at CARE, which is an organization that fights um, for discrimination that Muslims experience um, throughout America. Um, they like followed up with my case and they filed like other stuff to like make it work. I don't know. It's just a bunch of legal stuff, you know, they st that started to happen even more. Um, what else? Um, it's just more base. It's basically more public speaking stuff that happened to me. Like I spoke at this New York City DOE forum thing that was like run by students. Um, I'm going to speak at it again for like a longer time. I'm going to get interviewed. Another, there's going to be more pressed, press stuff that's going to be released soon. Um, and I'm very excited about that because, you know, after my video got like 250 views, everybody forgot about it, right? But I'm going to come back. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm not staying silent um, till everybody knows about this. So, yeah. Um, so it's just basically more speaking opportunities because that's how things can be solved through raising awareness about these issues, which is I'm so glad that these things happen, by the way, because, you know, you can say something traumatic that happened to you online and then all you're going to get is like, I'm so sorry. But people actually try to help, which is good. Mm -hmm. And at LaGuardia, I believe you're a drama major, if I'm correct or not, but you know, you go to an art school and it's actually one of like the top art schools in New York City. Um, so how have you been able to address Islamophobia using your arts background? And if not, what kinds of changes do you envision going forward? Yo, with my art background? <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally like trying not to cackle because I don't want to hurt your ears. But literally, <laughs> that is probably one of the things that just made me despise myself and my identity and just completely like erase it and whitewash it as much as I could because the thing is as an actress you're required you know to just be in your body and be physically connected with yourself which is already an issue that I have with myself I'm not like a physical person I can talk a lot I can be funny whatever 
and I can write, but I just, yo, the, the whole physical thing just does not, does not work with me as a person. Um, which is, which is a good discovery because I started to learn new stuff about how to be connected with yourself. But the thing is when you're playing characters, this is the funny thing. You're playing white women as a hijabi. Mm -hmm. You're playing white women. Right. And that just does not work. It does not work because look at me. Yo, I look like a Miriam. I look like a Nafisa or something. But I do not look like a Katie or a Karen <laughs> or like a Jennifer. Like, like I don't, man. And it does not, you know, it's just simple things like this that just ticked me out of the whole connecting with your character stuff. Because it's like, how can I connect with this when I don't even look like this that was a major problem number one number two um yeah there was just no content whatsoever about muslims arabs hijabis there's just nothing you know there's just like a one play that my teacher gave to me because it had like a muslim character in it and it was like a 50 about like a 52 year old man having issues with his white wife you know like <laughs> it just did not make sense to me so yeah, there's nothing, there's no content for people like me, um, which is one of the reasons that my teachers also kind of misunderstood the idea of a hijab because they've never been like truly introduced to it. Like there were some, like probably one or two students who were in the drama department that wore the hijab that was like long ago. Um, but yeah, even then there was some incidents islamophobic incidents like one of the teachers told the the student to take her hijab off for a scene like she just thought it was like a scarf or like a nice headdress or whatever but it's not because they don't know about these things <laughs> yeah there was just a lot of stuff that happened regarding my hijab and my craft um if you want another example, it's a very small example, but, you know, I still fixate on this. Um, basically, one time, you know, as drama students, we have to wear fully black. It's just a neutral color um, that we can work in and craft around. Um, so we have to wear fully black. And <laughs> I don't wear a black hijab <laughs> because I don't want to, like, switch my hijab every day. It's just uh, I get lazy. Um, so I was wearing like a, a, a teal hijab that day and my blacks. And I remember I had to stand in front of the class for an exercise. And some kid is like, she's not wearing all of her blacks. Like she's not in fully black. And then, yeah, so it just stood there like really awkwardly. And the entire class just burst into laughter because I knew what they were laughing about. They were laughing about the fact that my hijab was teal and the rest of my clothes were black. But at the same time, like, Bro, it's stuff like this that people think are is like completely like wow, mind blowing, hilarious, but it's not because you're standing there, and you're you know you're wearing the hijab, and it's just like, what the hell are you guys laughing about? You know, it's just, it's just I don't like being laughed at. It's not good. It's not good. Like laugh with me, but don't laugh at me. Yeah, that's you know? a great way to put it. Um, and you know, just going off of that, like. Have you been able to speak with your teachers um, about introducing more Islamic characters in the school plays and stuff, or has it remained pretty much the same? Um, I think, yeah, no, it's definitely remained pretty much the same because, <sighs> like, they try to be inclusive, you know, with content, 
But I think the issue is that there isn't any Islamic Muslim Muslim characters, Arab characters that are written in this playwriting world, whatever. There's just not there's just not enough content. Like it's very hard. It's like finding a gem within a pile of horse shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Nope. There's not it's not working. Nope. Yeah, definitely. And then it's a sad yeah, answer. For sure. I mean, I think like going forward, I think even like Hollywood doesn't have a good incorporation of Islamic characters. And even like right. people of color don't get much chances in the Hollywood uh, field. So, yeah. Or anything. Like even in books too, there's more like non-human characters and actual yeah, POC so, characters. People say like, they try to be inclusive, insane. but then when you look closely, it's just, there is really no inclusivity. So, um I think that's where the change begins. So what advice can you give to other Muslim teens who might have faced similar issues that you have gone through? Um, well, definitely, number one, number one, don't feel bad about yourself. I mean, no, I mean, no, that's a bad way to put it. Don't hate yourself, <laughs> basically. Don't think that this is like lessening <laughs> You as a person, like, if people say, like, throw stuff at you, basically, metaphorically, like, do not think that it's because you're a lesser being than them. No, you're not. Um, Number two, speak out about it. Yo, don't let these people take you down. Because then, if you do, I mean, if you don't speak about it, they're going to go on about their day and go eat dinner with their families and have a nice time. (laughs) not knowing that you're like suffering and crying in bed at night you know what I mean like no when these things happen you have to put people in their place no matter how small or tiny the comment is if it makes you feel bad you must you must tell you must address it and you must react basically you must react in a way that expresses how you feel because people they don't see us as human beings who feel they see us Mm -hmm. as people who are just like Mm -hmm. you know vile or like I don't know they see us through the stereotypes that the world loves to put out for us you know what I mean um and that needs to be changed because even you know listen if you know no matter how much POC representation we get in the media they're still gonna put us in boxes they're gonna still like you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, she is a Muslim woman. She is just a Muslim woman. She is not like anything else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they revolve our racial and religious identities around, like, just everything. Like, just, you know, why can't we just be like three dimensional human beings like the rest of, like, everyone else, you know? Like, no, everything has to be about this one thing about us. And it's just, (laughs) <laughs> it makes me want to like growl <laughs> yeah like it, it's not it's not fun yeah because you know? then you feel yeah you feel like you feel like flat stanley oh my god yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> and just yeah. uh one last question so what do you hope to do after um high school and are you going to continue to speak up about this in college Oh my god. 
bro, after high school, I'm, like, stuck right now, like, just thinking, yeah, hmm. well, after high school, I was definitely thinking about whether or not I should go into law school, um, because, um, I'm interested in proving people wrong, first of all, (laughs) um, second of all, I, I'm very interested in justice, like, it's something that, like, makes me very passionate, especially with discrimination, wow, and set and like LGBTQ rights and sexism and just there's a lot of issues that revolve around the stuff here and in the Middle East so I think I would like to work both internationally and nationally if that's possible I don't know maybe I'm just gassing myself up that's like I can't even get out of bed I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) but Yes, I will continue to speak about this as much as I can because, listen, it's just, like, a door open for me and I'm not going to close it. (laughs) People are going to be so tired of me. They're going to be like, bro, shut up. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to stop talking. I'm not going to stop talking. Yeah, for sure. And actually, one last question came to my mind right now. Um, Have you Mm -hmm. visited – you said you're Egyptian. So have you visited Egypt um, throughout, you know, your life? And if so, how has – like visiting your family affected your Islamic beliefs and I guess like how is it different there compared to here and um how are you able to connect with the community over there Mm. very nice question very nice question um oh my god I love that I only go to Egypt to see my family to see like specific people that I love um and actually um after freshman year, I kind of felt a little bit lost, you know, (laughs) I kind of just felt like disconnected with myself. I was just in a trance, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I told my mom, I was like, yo, I need to go to Egypt, like ASAP, please, because I'm so tired of being here. And I need some sort of like change and stimulation. Like I need to like remember who I am. It's weird. It's kind of dramatic, but it worked because when I went to Egypt, I was like, yes, there were all, there were some downsides about just the way things are structured because the government is just, there's just crazy disorganization as we know in the Middle East, which isn't anybody's fault, but the government's by the way. Um, yeah, but there was also a lot of love and warmth and just people who were, like, excited to hear what I have to say. And people who were just, like, you know, they opened their doors for me. They fed me. Like, nobody was hostile or anything. People were just nice. People were nice to me. Um, And it also just oh there are these very small things like for example when my cousin and I would wake up in the morning and we would go like get ready to go leave the house like just both of us like in the mirror just tying our hijabs together (laughs) I don't know it's something that just made me feel warm because it's like she's in a similar age range as me like we both like we bond together we're very close and it's just like I have friends who are very close to me and we bond but you know, the whole, like, hijab activity and her, like, you know, I'm not very good at tying my hijab. I'm very sloppy with myself. And she would always just, like, fix it for me. She'd be like, um, you look terrible. Like, let me, let me fix this for you. And my aunt, too, I loved watching my aunt, like, like, dress herself in front of a mirror and, like, put makeup on and just, you know, 
And like when you walk through the streets, you see other women who look like you. So you're not worried about anything. You're not worried about being judged. So you do feel like you belong. But once I opened my mouth, though, (laughs) that's when people knew that I was not raised there. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was also it was just very intriguing to them um, because they don't really like talk to people from outside of their country, basically. Yeah. And yeah, I have a yeah. similar story. Like when I visit India, like when I speak, um, they definitely know that I'm not from there um, because I was raised here. But then I go back to visit my family as well. And it is really nice to, you know, just see a lot of people who do look like you and who won't judge you for who you are. And so I very much relate to what yeah. you just said. Well, overall, you are very admirable. I, I bet you already know that, but I'm just reminding you once again. And I hope there is a day where you don't have to continue advocating for your very own human rights. And I think that wraps up for today. So thank you so much for joining us and showing your strength and vulnerability to discuss your experiences. You've inspired us as well as many Muslim girls around the world who feel relieved and represented that you've utilized your voice for powerful change. As young people, it's unfortunate that we still face the same social issues from generations before us. But nonetheless, this is the Gen Z experience. Thank you for tuning in to the Gen Z experience. If you would like to hear more empowering conversations from teenagers across the globe, be sure to subscribe for more content. Stay involved, informed, and inspired.